0: Yes. Songhe on, on the viewpoint. Let's have a conversation now, hashtag business on Wednesday, the impact of salary cuts and retrenchments. In a recent study conducted by Momentum Holdings and UNISA, household incomes lost over 800 billion rand at the end of the first quarter this year. This is a discussion which is divided in two parts. First, Dr. Tsepi and then the second one will be Dr. Johannes Fantonder. Tsepi is speaking specifically about the psychological aspects to it. Are you there, Doc? Good evening. Good. I am fine, you thank you. I can hear you loud and There's clear.
1: There's no echo and no funny.
0: All ears. is good. All is good. I'm glad that you are respecting the rules of radio, right?
1: <laughs> Let's have a
0: conversation then, because we really do not have much time. First and foremost, thank you so much for honouring our time. We do appreciate the thoughts you're going to share with us, and I would imagine many South Africans would be interested in this. Even though at times I would imagine and probably believe, through my own experiences, it is something that we are better off or not better off, but it's convenient for us not to think about. But the reality is that is a massive psychological impact that COVID has occasioned upon us. It has forced us to really be frank with our lifestyles, with our resources, and not the today, but certainly the tomorrow. And of course, as an educational psychologist and life coach, this is where we need a lot of that in the homes, in the businesses, In the streets, generally the conversations have to contemplate the reality, not so much the rands and senses, but who we are as people, our lifestyle changes in response to the reality of COVID-19. What can you tell us, in a sense, what really we are seized with as a population?
1: Look, we, I've partnered with Momentum and we're doing a series of uh, webinars where we just want to talk about the different aspects, the various aspects that are affecting the public at the, in response to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And on this topic, particular issue, we're focusing on retrenchments and salary cuts. And we, we all understand that with COVID-19, it's, it's impacted everyone Mm. adversely. And one of the key things is the loss of income for some people because they're facing retrenchments. The economy is in recession. We are seeing also people who are going to be um, having to accept salary cuts, whether they like it or not. And that is going to have a serious impact on the livelihoods on people. So this conversation, we want to talk to people and actually have them understand that you are not alone. And when it does hit you, if you are affected, and sometimes it's not necessarily that it affects you primarily, it might be affecting your spouse, it might be affecting a significant other within your family, but it's important that also you listen to the conversation and actually take tips on how to cope in this situation and not neglect or rather focus on chasing the rents and sins and protecting what is about your income and your livelihood when in fact you're compromising other facets of your life. So the conversation is about how to navigate this in a healthy way so that you are not just looking at your own immediate needs in terms of the financial security, but you're looking at your emotional health and then how you can reinvent yourself and then where you can foster emotional wealth going further. That is just looking at your financial security but incorporate other Mm -hmm. aspects Mm -hmm. of your life. We're going
0: to talk about the reinvention question a little later on because I do want to engage you first and foremost on the different stages of dealing with the loss of one's work, the yeah. loss of one's ability to earn an income, or if not the loss, the suspension of your ability to provide for oneself because the different stages of the lockdown and the different economic enterprises that can take place at the time might affect others very differently to the next person. Now, we know that level five is as hard as it gets. Level three is considerably more flexible. But Mm. there are still those persons who are hamstrung by the regulations or forced to do nothing but sit at home. I was going through Facebook Marketplace. Somebody is selling restaurant furniture simply because that restaurant has now gone
1: under. I was
0: having a conversation with a colleague of mine, not a colleague, colleague, but somebody who's sort of in the space that I'm operating and telling me yes. that one of his employees committed suicide. Now, right. this is the reality of essentially what you've just paved yes. th- as the basis of this conversation, the necessity for one to reinvent oneself in this quagmire one finds oneself. Where does one start?
1: We, we need to begin with your emotional health. And for a lot of people, especially when you've been a superhuman being, providing, moving, and shaking, and achieving, and climbing the ladder, because, you know, you get a lot of gratification and self-affirmation from the fact that you are experiencing success and you are growing, you're prospering in your life. You actually think that that means emotionally you are healthy. But we know as psychologists and we know as mental health care professionals that when something that comes in that shocks your world, like having to take a salary cut, like having to face retrenchment, it actually knocks you emotionally. And where there was any pre-existing emotional issues or any habitual issues that were actually putting you in danger, they're actually going to come up through the cracks and actually be in your face. So the first thing is to look at your emotional health, not necessarily implying that you were not healthy all along, but it's clear that when you do face a retrenchment or a salary cut, any of the things that used to give you a sense of strength that used to give a sense of control, they are gone. And then you're going to go through a space where emotionally you're affected. And the first of those stages is the shock, the disbelief that goes with why me? How, How can this happen to me? How have I played this game? Haven't I done everything that I need to do? What could I have done differently? So we want people to understand that the emotional impact of it is going to be a journey. You might not necessarily experience all of them in a linear process, but you'll go through a phase where you are in shock and disbelief and then you will progress to a place where you are angry and you're feeling like you've been victimized why you? How dare they? And you are very mad. And you might not even be aware that you are mad, but it might actually manifest in certain behaviors that are about impulsive, that are about denial, that are about punishing other people and acting out and being impulsive in ways that are perhaps outside of character, but also might be indicating the fact that you struggle with difficult emotions, particularly the ones that are unpleasant. Le- From anger, we move to depression. Can we stop where, you right there, Doctor? Yeah, because I think yeah. it
0: is important just to bring the listeners in here because the reality is there is somebody who is listening to this conversation who is probably going through that right now. Yeah. There is a partner to somebody who is behaving let me say erratically or differently. Yes. Yeah. Let us just confirm right now that under these circumstances faced with this plight it is perfectly normal. One shouldn't feel ashamed because they feel that way or they feel as though as you are speaking you it's as if you are piercing directly into them as though they had come and consulted with you. It yeah. is normal, Emma right in saying that the way that people are feeling right now, it is perfectly understandable
1: absolutely normal. And it is healthy. That's the key thing. Because sometimes we think, I've achieved so much, I'm beyond normal. And that's why I talk about the super, superhuman ability because, you know, when you've succeeded, we start treating you like a god. When you've achieved things that all of the rest of us mere mortals think were not achievable, were not doable at your age group or whatever, we start treating you and revering you um, because you are then getting those accolades and accomplishments and, and validation and acknowledgement and celebrations. But it is normal and as well as healthy. The key thing, though, is that you recognize as an outsider watching somebody who's a loved one going through this, but also as the individual going through it, that because you are healthy, there is no shortcut. There is no fast forward to go through it. There is no jumping the stages. You literally are going to walk through this as much as you need to, and you can only progress to the next level effectively and keep that uh, forward momentum to go through the mm. emotions mm. and the stages of it for as long as you are dealing with them successfully. Denial is not an option. Excellent. Thinking that to keep up with the standard or the, the the perception that you are successful, you are strong, you should just you know maintain a stiff effort and take it on the chain that's actually not going to be healthy for you. It's going to be the beginning of your undoing because by not addressing it then the next stage where you have to reinvent yourself, you're going to find that you are not actually engaging at the level that you should and transitioning and dealing with the Mm. change and adapting successfully. So It's important that you understand that it is healthy to transition, to move through the different emotional stages that you're going to go through. Yes.
0: Shock, anger the third one is depression and then guilt and then acceptance and relief. Do you just want in say two to three minutes because we slightly running out of time just compress the stages and what they mean effectively in the light of what you have said?
1: Look... Uh, for a lot of people The work role Becomes part of Your self-concept You understand That for you as, as somebody Who's successful And accomplished as you That's how people know you That's how your colleagues Recognize you And they remember How you've worked uh, With the Tabumbeki Foundation And that becomes Part of your role And your self-concept And your identity mm. But when you are retrenched And you realize That I've now Sort of fallen from grace Nobody's calling for me To come and speak At the events Then you realize I actually took that role that I was doing in my job, and I made it part of who I am. Mm. So there's grieving that goes to it. There's sadness. There's a loss. There's pain that goes Impressive. with it. And it's mm-hmm. okay to grieve it, but also to realize that, oh wow, I was a presenter. I was a, a speaker. I was an anchor, but now I need to reinvent myself. I have to let go and it's called so, role release. I have to separate and let go of that part of my life because whether I like it or not, that's what the retrenchment meant. Or because of the salary cut, I can no longer sustain in that livelihood that I used to have, that standard of living has to drop. So now I have to find who I am again, and that is okay. And that sadness and pain that comes from that loss is part of what hits you in the depression stage. And then the guilt in terms of how could I have prevented it? I should have known better. And you're beating yourself up, and you might even be beating up other people in your life and pushing them away and refusing help or even being ashamed because of you should have known better. But the guilt is also part of that stage. The last one is acceptance and relief. And that is where we want you to get to, but you can only get there after you walked the path through all the other emotions so that you can then be open enough in terms of your readiness for change to say, okay, I've gone through it. Now I am ready to be able to think outside of the box about who Songeza is, who Tepiso is, because if I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a presenter, what else can I be? I'm willing to reinvent myself
0: especially on reinvention because there are lots of things that have been challenged by COVID-19. It has forced us to just very much just look at who we are and think a lot of those things that we thought were always going to be with us or always relevant are completely redundant now so in the context of reinventing oneself where typically does one start doing that how does one move from a zone of comfort to potentially extreme discomfort knowing that at the end of it all will be a better version of song as or because one has taken time to reinvent oneself
1: so the the, the the reinvention has to happen at a level where, if you think about, and people might be able to Google this or know about it, about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the basic needs need to be in place. So whether we like it or not, the need for shelter, for warmth, for a safe place, for security, that the safety needs and the physiological needs need to be in place. So whether we like it or not, part of reinventing yourself it might involve downgrading your lifestyle, it might involve cutting the fat, and actually recognizing that my my Kids still need an education. I still need to be able to pay for the lights and for me to have a place to live. If I can afford being in the suburbs, I would need to change neighborhoods so that the basic needs of my family are the ones that are being addressed. And with as little disruption as possible, but with other people, they don't have that luxury because they don't have any source of income. So there would be big disruption. Mm-hmm. And that means being able to have conversations about how do we as a family, as a network, as a system transition in terms of making that reinvention happen. And it is a reinvention because you're going to lose so much more than just salary or the lifestyle. The kids are going to lose friends. They're going to lose teachers that they've been accustomed to. They're going to lose Wi-Fi and going to a place maybe in the rural areas or where they were never familiar with because Mm -hmm. of how we have progressed with our success and our prosperity. So those basic needs, you want to be able to maintain them. So I want people to understand that actually the parts that are most difficult for other people, it's the ones that have to do with psychological needs, the ones that have to do with Self-esteem and that that sense of feeling like I am uh, appreciated and acknowledged, and my sense of being of having self-actualized and realizing my potential. Those self-actualization needs are the ones that are actually going to be put on, on hold because those ones you can bounce back. You can re, 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 re redefine yourself. You can go and find another area that you had neglected because of this job, because of this person you've been chasing that now, okay, I can channel that energy into a business idea but the basic needs you have to be able to maintain because otherwise then the cycle of poverty will reach this generation and then you will undo all the other successes you might have put in place. So it is important then as part of this re- process to look at where I want to go in terms of the physical stuff. So do a lifestyle audit. Look at where your current standard of living is actually commensurate with now the income or the money coming in, and where you can't in terms of affording the basic needs, you're going to have to downgrade. Have the conversations with the people that are depending on you because sometimes it's not just your spouse and your children; it's other people who are very, who are benefiting vicariously through your success because you are sending food parcels, you are sending time, you are paying for the. University. Have those types of conversations so that your entire system is understanding physically about how you're going to downgrade. But then there's also the emotional aspect and that's where because we know there's going to be an emotional impact, you need to understand that you're going to have to make changes with regards to how your emotions influence your spending and your financial habits. So whether it's in terms of you are like, you are very generous and you just spend impulsively without thinking, you're going to have to look at what, what of those habits you need to change. The fact that now you are no longer merek, you are no longer the one that everybody mm. knows if mm. there's a funeral, you're the one who provides. You're gonna have to be okay with the fact that nix I am broke, and guys, it's because I'm going through a phase. It is a temporary thing, but right now I'm not able to be there. You're also gonna have to be able to recognize that you are not just looking at the immediate need situation; you are looking at getting yourself through this so that you have what we call emotional wealth, and the emotional wealth that's ultimately where you are hoping, and that's where when you're Reinventing yourself, you are now looking at where am I currently and where do I want to be in the future, and how to build, how do I create the scaffolding to move from the current reality to where I want to yeah, so. be in the future. Yeah, so those types of things is about then getting to a space where, when you're emotionally wealthy, you find that your contentment, your sense of fulfillment, your sense of personal purpose is actually not just in the monetary aspects. It's beyond your finances, although it does include your financial security. And you might find that that has to do with your physical health. It might have to do with your spiritual connections. It might have to do with the relationships and the quality of engagement you have. So when you start re evaluating how you want to reinvent yourself, then it also might mean you have to appreciate the skills that you took for granted because you were thriving in this job. You never even celebrated those milestones. And then you go back, oh, wait, I have this network of people, this capital, this uh, relationship currency that I've gained. Gain from this previous job that I've been doing? How can I monetize that and capitalize on it so that I bounce back from that angle? So when you're able to do all of those things because emotionally you're well-adjusted and you've been dealing with it, it opens up possibilities for you to try and then navigate it out of the current crisis.
0: Fantastic. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much, Dr. Tseppi So-Matenji, educational psychologist and life coach. We're going to continue parts of this conversation, particularly as it deals with the RANDs and sensors with Mr. Johan Fantonder, who's an economist and researcher but I think finally for me to you, thank you so much. And the takeaway from that, it is necessary for one to be vulnerable because vulnerability is an expression of maturity. And equally, some of the basic things one ought to do, lifestyle audit, downgrade, learn new skills, tap into new networks and expand the existing networks and change the network to become a net worth of kind. And it's quite okay to keep talking to feed the emotions. And in being vulnerable, you show strength.
1: Okay, absolutely. Thank you, Sangaza. Good
0: evening. Let's continue the conversation to the context of the impact of salary cuts and retrenchments. We are now further joined on the line who has been listening to this conversation, Mr. Johan van Tonder, who is a behavioral economist with Momentum Holdings. We do open the line still, of course, 891 nine one one zero four Let's participate in this conversation because we are talking about, in just the last quarter, 200 billion rand short of a trillion 800 billion rand has been lost. That's not money deferred. That's money South Africans will never have access to again. Quite, quite sobering in the context of the times for what was already a very much ailing economy. Johannes, Johannes, you there?
2: Yes, I can hear you. Indeed. Now, I
0: was just remarking on the fact that the 800 billion that has been lost in this first quarter is... Cold comfort for a country whose economy was already ailing before we went into COVID. How does South Africa recover? How do ordinary South African citizens recover from this? Because this is hitting us, and I say us because we're all affected, where it matters most, in the pocket. And as a result, it disables us from doing the things we would otherwise be doing.
2: Yes, you're quite right. Um, But there is a silver lining. Um since that 800 billion in wealth that was lost during the first quarter, we've had a lot of uh, other good news in terms of, uh, for example, we were still at level five of the lockdown. We're now at level three. And what happened, we managed as a country to recover about 80 percent of that 800 billion And that's mostly because of the recovery on the financial market, especially the share and the bond market in which most of uh, um, the South African workers' pension funds are invested in. So fortunately, um, we recovered about 80 percent, and that's the good news part. But still, there's 20 percent. We still need to make it up, and that's going to be the hard part. Um, to recover that money. And we all know the ultimate goal of any household is to Mm. increase wealth. And you can only do that by um, acquiring assets such as your pension fund or a a place to live or belongings and so on. But Mm. to do that, we need to have jobs. And this is a difficult period we're entering in now, is what's going to happen to jobs. Uh, is there going to be re, uh, retrenchments or what? We've already seen that the National Treasury previously estimated that uh, 7 million people might lose their jobs. Unfortunately, they've updated that and said in the worst-case scenario now, it's, uh, it can be up to 2 million, but 2 million is massive. Lot. It's massive. It's a lot of people. We we just can't afford that in South Africa right now.
0: Two million people in South Africa could quite easily translate to some eight to ten million people, given the fact that one person might account for as many as five people, particularly on a salary. Now, let's let's have the sobering engagement, difficult as it may be. There are less jobs right now, and there will be less jobs tomorrow until we sort of shell those 2 million jobs. And the reality is those jobs that will be available themselves are not necessarily going to be sufficient to cushion the COVID-19 impact because everything else will be more expensive. There will be more people reliant on that salary of yours. So if you like, there will be less disposable income, even for those who maintain their jobs, therefore putting pressure continuously on the South African taxpayer. How do we now, for those who find themselves with absolutely nothing in the way of income or hope for income, perhaps maybe some savings and the 350 rand that government has made allowance for, how do we reinvent ourselves to continue the conversation that Sepiso had earlier on? From an economic perspective, what could we be doing? What could we be doing? What should we be doing in reinventing ourselves, acquiring new skills, making sure we earn an income however so, albeit crim- I mean legally still?
2: Yeah, that's actually uh, very difficult. I think what we can do is we should go back and learn from what happened during the Great Recession. Remember, we now had the, or we're still in the Great Suppression, but 12 years ago, 2008, we we had the Great Recession. And during that time, we lost a million jobs over a period of three years. And it took us Five years since the start of the recession, just to recover all the jobs we lost during the Great Recession. So what happened during uh, that time was the government um, was able to assist through additional spending um, and additional borrowing, and the Reserve Bank was able to assist by lowering interest rates. So, if it hadn't been for that, um, the bloodbath could have been much uglier than it had been. uh, Much more than a million jobs would have been lost. Now, if we pull that to today, through to today, the government don't have the space or fiscal room to spend anymore. And the Reserve Bank can't lower interest rates anymore. mm. So, we don't have those two instruments available today that we had uh, 12 years ago. So we need something different. We need a different approach. Um, I, 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 I want to refer to it as a sort of an economic codesa that we need uh, on a macroeconomic level where business, banks, the government, everybody gets together so we can see how we can minimize job losses. In other words, um, let's rather go, or or the question I ask is can we go the salary cut route rather than the retrenchment route? In other words, instead of Mm. retrenching Mm. 10% of people, let's see if we can have a salary cut of 10% with a a higher cut at the top and uh, basically no salary cuts at the uh, bottom end of, of the scale so I think if we can negotiate an agreement between business and um, government and uh, our unions to rather go that route than the retrenchment it will help a lot it's not ideal um, but we would not enter into a bloodbath of jobs, I don't know how you can recover from losing another 2 million jobs where sure. we already have to, uh, 10 million people unemployed. So from that point of view, I think it will be great for, for business, government and labor to get together and to say, okay, what can we do and how can we minimize this um, in, in order to rebuild an economy? Uh, with much more inclusivity that we had in the past and then also at the same time uh, getting back to the second part of your question uh-huh. we already have that in this country in other words what we call the sandwich generation uh, or black tax already do have it and the pressure on on that is just going to increase. Unfortunately, uh, those who do have are sure. going to have to pay more to those who don't have, and um, it's a
0: moral obligation, surely.
2: Yeah, it, it it is a social thing. I mean, if we, we just have to have a look at what happened in Nigeria, we could so go where a lot of the banks wanted to retrench people, what the central bank stepped in and said no. There are other things such as. Um, the social and, and moral responsibility of countries um, we also have to look at it's not just about the profits so we do know profits, um, businesses that's why they're in the game they're in the game to grow, to make a profit if mm-hmm. they don't make profit, they can't employ Um so but the the thing is here is to see whether we can do a similar type of thing and say, Okay, but if we retrench, we also retrench our clients. So we will make a lower profit for a longer period um, compared to if we rather take salary cuts. Um and I don't say every company should mm-hmm. do that because not all companies sure. can do that. I mean, lots of medium and small uh, businesses can't do it, and we've we've already seen a number of big companies, household names in South Africa, that's in business rescue. So it's it's difficult. It's um, that's why I'm saying it's something we need to negotiate uh, while we're fighting the virus on the one hand and we do have the great suppression on the other hand, we already have to start talking um, to each other in a CODESA manner to see how we can reach agreement to minimize um, the negative impact of, of job losses and uh, to minimize the pressure on sandwich generation and on black tax, etc. Otherwise, it's going to take us... Um, if, we, if the same pattern that happened in or during the great recession if that's going to repeat itself it's going to take us a decade to get through this and we don't have a decade i
0: think we already have a topic for next week wednesday the need for a south africa's economic codessa johannes van Thunder, thank you so much for your time behavioral economist at momentum holdings 21:35, everybody that's the show let's go to our book reading after which
2: it'll be the daily soapy